0: The year is 2006. We would see Disney doing what it does best, buying its competition with the purchase of Pixar Studios after the release of Cars. In another movie about race cars, comedy fans would witness Will Ferrell and John C. Riley coming together for the first time in Talladega Nights, giving birth to quotes that will live forever. I know you're saying, if you're not first, you're last right now. Abigail Breslin would remind people to be themselves by dancing to Super Freak and Little Miss Sunshine. Martin Scorsese would direct that year's best picture film, The Departed. It climaxes with all of Matt Damon's lies being revealed. At this same time, a man named Diego Pilco was trying to cover up his crimes from the police and the world. This is the story of Adriana Shelley and how sometimes not everything is as it appears. I'm Justin Harvey and you're listening to Death and Hollywood. Was born in Queens, New York. She started acting at the Stage Door Manor at the young age of ten years old. She would have her professional debut in a theater production of Annie when she was still at Jericho High School. She then attended Boston University and majored in film production, but dropped out in her junior year and headed back to New York. In nineteen eighty nine she would link up with any filmmaker Hal Hartley and star two of his films back to back, starting with The Unbelievable Truth and Trust. Trust would be nominated for the Grand Jury Prize at the Sundance Film Festival, where Hartley's script tied for the Waldo Salt Screenwriting Award. Over the next few years, she would guest star in Oz, Law and Order, which has a surprising amount of characters from Oz, but that's another story. And over two dozen Broadway plays, most of these performed at Matt Manhattan's Workhouse Theater. In 2002, she would marry Andy Ostroy. Andy is the chairman and CEO of Bellardi Ostroy, a marketing firm in New York. Shelley was pregnant with their daughter when she started working on what would become her hit indie film, Waitress. She was worried about balancing her work with motherhood. Which she wove into the script. There's a moment where Carrie Russell finds out she's pregnant and she's not happy. The doctor even says, uncongratulations. That was pretty much what Adriana feared that she would lose her identity as a person and her ability to work. Waitress is about a woman who's afraid, it's about a woman who has real challenges and fears in life. But when Sophie was born in 2004, Shelley's entire outlook changed. Once she saw Sophie, it was incredible, her husband said. The love she had for that child was monumental. Her fears vanished, and she just adored that little girl so much. Shelley was able to meld motherhood and work perfectly. When Sophie was little, she would go over to her mom's old apartment with her that Shelley kept as a writing and editing studio. Sophie would crawl and play all around the apartment while her mom worked and was able to play a bit herself. Sophie brought levity and patience to Shelley's life, and it showed through in her work. On the morning of November 1st, 2006, Andy dropped Shelley off at her West Greenwich apartment around 9.30 in the morning. He watched her head into the building and then headed towards his office. She was working on another project at this time, called Serious Moonlight. She was also patiently waiting to hear if Waitress would be accepted by the prestigious Sundance Film Festival. Around 5pm, Andy had become worried that he hadn't heard from his wife all day, so he decided to head over to the apartment and check on her. When he arrived around 5.30, he asked the doorman to accompany him upstairs to check on the apartment. When they approached, they noticed the door was unlocked and walked in calling her name. Her husband, walking around the apartment, opened the bathroom door and immediately gasped at what he saw. There was Shelly. They found her body hanging from a shower rod in the bathtub with a bed sheet around her neck. The police would be notified and begin the investigation. Very quickly, Australia was told despite the door not being locked, and money missing from her wallet, the New York Police Department believed Shelley had taken her own life. The autopsy would seem to confirm the detective's conclusion, showing that Shelley had died from neck compression. Shelley's entire family was flabbergasted. She wouldn't have committed suicide. There's no way. She would never leave her two-year-old daughter motherless. She was waiting to hear if her film got into Sundance. Life was near perfect, wasn't it? Andy and Shelly's parents would continue to protest this conclusion and would even hire renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Baden. Dr. Baden performed a second autopsy on her Saturday at the funeral home under the watch of two detectives. This would lead investigators to more carefully re-examine the bathroom. This second look would lead investigators to cover a shoe print in gypsum dust on the toilet beside where her body had been found. The shoe print was a Reebok Allen Iverson model. Police matched this print to another set of footprints found at a construction area that had been ongoing on the floor below Shelley's apartment. This would explain the gypsum dust found in her bathroom. Investigators approached Luis Hernandez, the construction supervisor, who also happened to own the apartment building. Luis would tell police about one of his employees that would regularly wear sneakers to work. Luis would say, But you're looking at the wrong guy. He's a good kid. This kid's name was Diego Pilco. Diego Pilco, as it turns out, is a 19-year-old Ecuadorian, undocumented immigrant. He had found his way from Ecuador and into Mexico. Then in Mexico, he would hire a coyote to help him cross the border into the United States. In July of 2006, he would cross the border and head to Brooklyn, where his cousin was living. It's there he shared his cousin's basement apartment in Brooklyn, which also was owned by his employer. Diego would work six days a week for Luis on various construction jobs. His day off, he would work as a substitute super of the apartment building he was living in. Why was he working so much? Apparently, the coyotes who help undocumented immigrants cross the border charge a very high fee for this service. And after being in New York for eight months... It's reported that his debt to the Coyotes still had not been cleared. He is said to have agreed to pay more than twelve thousand dollars for this service. The investigators would go meet Diego, and discover his sneakers were a match to the shoe prints found in the apartment. On November sixth, two thousand six, 2006, the police arrest Diego Pilgo for the murder of Adrian and Shelley. In custody, Diego would admit on tape, to the investigators to killing Shelly. I was having a bad day. I didn't mean to kill her, but I did kill her. He said while working on an empty apartment, one floor below Shelly, she came down and was complaining about the noise level and asking if it could be toned down because she was trying to work. It was at this time he threw the hammer that he had in his hand at her. Shelly, at this point, walked away, probably scared from the outburst of Diego. Diego immediately began to worry that Shelly would no doubt go to his boss or maybe the police and file a complaint against him. He was afraid he would be deported, so he followed her back to her apartment. It's here he said that petite Shelly hit him and then was killed in a fall due to a struggle. After seeing she was unconscious, and believing she was dead, Pilko then dragged Shelley into her bathroom, wrapped a bed sheet around her neck, and attached it to the shower rod, to make it appear like she had hung herself. In a second confession, his story changed. This time he said he noticed Shelley while he was on break eating his lunch, and decided to follow her and assault her. During the assault she had become unconscious, Thinking he killed her, he would grab a bedsheet, tie it around her neck, and stage the suicide. This rang more true to police because there was no evidence of gypsum dust on Shelly's clothes or shoes. She wasn't even wearing them when she was found. There should have been some if it had happened like his original story and she came down to the apartment he was working on to complain. I kept saying thinking he killed her because when the medical examiner would release the autopsy reports, it would show Shelly did not die from a blow, but from strangulation. So that means she was still alive when he tied that bedsheet around her neck and gravity helped finish his crime. After the press released news of the arrest, Ostroy said in a statement, We are incredibly grateful to the New York City Police Department for their dedication, professionalism, and tenacity in following up every lead in this case. Prosecutors with the two confessions in hand seemed to have a confession for murder, but for some reason they would offer Diego Pilco a plea deal if he pled guilty to first degree manslaughter. Later prosecutors would explain this decision by saying if they charged Pilco with murder He might return to his original account, and a jury may have found him guilty of the lesser charge, such as involuntary or reckless manslaughter. Diego would plead guilty to the lesser charge, first-degree manslaughter, and was promised a fixed sentence of 25 years in a deal negotiated with the Manhattan District Attorney. As part of the agreement, Diego would have to allocate his crimes for the court. At Pilko's sentencing on March 13, 2008, he changed his story during his statement once again. When I saw the lady, I decided to rob her, he said. He found her door ajar, grabbed her bag, took cash, and was putting the bag back when Shelley came out of a room and saw him. She was calling police, so he attacked. They struggled, and when she passed out, He tied a sheet around her neck to choke her, then hoisted her small frame off the floor and hung her from the shower rod. He said he did not know she was alive when he did this. No sentence will be enough for you, Andy raged, glaring at Pilka. You deserve the same fate you handed Adriana. I want you to suffer like she suffered. You are nothing more than a cold-blooded killer a murderous beast who was intent to rob and then silence your innocent victim. You took the life of a beautiful, loving woman who, unlike you, had so much to give to society. The heartbroken widower spoke during a charged Manhattan State Supreme Court hearing that ended with Justice Carol Berkman sentencing Pilko. The judge said he will be deported after serving his time. He also stated to Pilko, You stalked and brutally attacked my wife, silenced her screams with your hand until you rendered her unconscious, and in a brutal and gruesome act of cowardice, took a bedsheet and strangled her to death. You tied her up and you hung her the way you strung up pigs back in Ecuador. In remembering Shelley, Andy said that Adriana was the kindest, warm, most loving, generous person I knew. She was incredibly smart, funny, and talented. A bright light with an infectious laugh and a huge smile that radiated inner and outer beauty. She was my best friend and the person with whom I was supposed to grow old, Shelley's husband sued contractor Bradford General, which had hired Pilko. The complaint alleged that Shelley would still be alive if the contracting firm had not hired him. Ostroy also sought to hold the owners and management of the building liable for Shelley's murder. According to a New York Post article, among other allegations, the complaint stated that Pilko was an undocumented immigrant, as were his co-workers and that it was in the Bradford general contractor's interest not to have police or immigration officials called to the job site because that would have ground their work to a halt. On July 7, 2011, the lawsuit was dismissed by Judge York. The court determined that Andy had not established legal grounds to hold the contractor liable. While the court sympathizes with Andy's laws, plaintiffs have not presented sufficient legal grounds upon which to hold Bradford liable for Pilko's vicious crime, and that there was likewise insufficient evidence presented to find that either the building's management or its owners had reason to believe that Pilko was dangerous and should not have been allowed to work on the premises in order to find them vicariously liable. Her film, The Waitress, did get accepted into Sundance, and unfortunately, she never got to see her film be praised by the jury and audiences. It was purchased by Fox Searchlight for 4 to $5 million dollars based on reports, and made $19 million in its wide release. It holds a 100% fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes, which means universal acclaim. Shelley would receive the award for Best Screenplay at the Independent Spirit Awards following his wife's death. Ostroy established the Adriana Shelley Foundation, a nonprofit organization that awards scholarships, production grants, finishing funds, and living stipends through its partnerships with academic and filmmaker institutions such as new York University, Columbus University. The Sundance, and AFI. Cynthia Wade won an Academy Award in 2008 for the film Freeheld, a short subject documentary which the Foundation helped fund. As part of its annual awards, the Women Film Critics Circle gives the Adrienne and Shelley Award to the film that most passionately opposes violence against women. Ostroy also spearheaded a move to establish a memorial to his wife. On August third, two 2009, the Adriana Shelley Garden was dedicated at 8th Avenue and West 12th Street. It faces the building where Shelley died. With the success of Waitress, Who knew what was next for Adriana Shelley? She will be missed by so many. Rest in peace, Adriana. If you like this story, please hit subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to my show. If you really like this story and want to help us grow, please share it with just one friend. You can join the conversation by following us on social media And if you'd like to financially support the show, head over to anchor.fm and search Death in Hollywood. There you can become a subscriber and be listed as a producer on the credits of the next show.